Hi, I'm Brian Sanders. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Nextcast, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. This is episode 476 of the App Guy podcast. Uh, I do have uh, some archives now, all in uh, iTunes and in the Google Play Store and probably most other podcasting apps is archives part one archives part two three and four uh, they take you through all the other shows that you can't get access to uh, i've just posted uh, archives part four uh, so go check that out uh, now my interview today is with uh, chino lex chino lex is a guy who has had a massive hit he's had 40 apps rejected his 41st was e- enormous it was to do with candy crush and creating a guide for Candy Crush that absolutely uh, crushed it in a way. And he got started from reading uh, an article uh, about uh, a teenager who had built up an app empire and eventually hooked up with him. It's a fascinating story, a really inspirational story. I I truly uh, love this podcast because I meet people like Chino Lex. So do uh, stay tuned. Uh, It's a really fascinating uh, chat. Uh, But before... I get into the episode, uh, let me uh, just introduce uh, the two sponsors I've got. Uh, first, uh, the, and these are the guys that actually help keep the show going. Uh, first is TopTal. It's TopTal. Uh, they are the world's best when it comes to uh, finding a great developer or a great designer uh, for your project, for your app, for your company. Uh, they can come on and join you as part of your team. You can have them on a, a full-time basis, a part-time basis, or an hourly basis. Now, the network is what uh, actually differentiates TopTal from others uh, because they are uh, the, the world's best. I mean, they go through this uh, really rigorous uh, screening process. Uh, so to get a two-week uh, trial, a risk-free trial uh, in a way, uh, go to toptal.com uh, forward slash Paul. That's toptal.com forward slash Paul. Uh, you will have to pay a deposit. Uh, you can use them, but if uh, for some reason the developer or designer uh, doesn't uh, gel with your team, then TopTal will cover the costs of the developer designer. They will pay them and then they will introduce you to someone else. But I'm pretty sure and I'm absolutely confident you will find the right uh, developer or designer for your project. That's toptal.com forward slash Paul. Uh, next is Brand Bucket. Brand Bucket help you find the best uh, name when it comes to naming your brand, your business. And I'm looking through Brand Bucket right now. Uh, and there's uh, names like Hip Apps, App Metric, App Growth, Appendi, uh, loads of stuff with regards to apps. Uh, I mean, um, 7,000 odd names that are related to that keyword apps. Uh, so go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. That's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase. And you'll be able to search 30 odd thousand names and uh, get a $75 Envato uh, card. Uh, when you do actually uh, end up uh, buying a name. So that's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. And thank you very much to Brandbucket for supporting the show. Uh, so let's get into the episode then with uh, Chino Lex and learn from him about his story, his app entrepreneurial journey. 
Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. So this is the show where we speak to really interesting founders and uh, ask them lots of uh, questions about tips and tricks and uh, any kind of uh, help that they can give us in our own journeys. It's really perfect for anyone who has side projects or anyone who is founding their own company, startups, uh, and just to tap into this whole community. Uh, so today, uh, I've got a really, actually a really awesome, fun app. It's something that I have needed for quite some time. It gives me the ability to uh, look at my friends' playlists uh, for music. I'm a big music fan. Uh, I switched from Spotify to Apple Music recently, and uh, I love finding new music, new songs. And so let's introduce uh, Chino Lex. He is the founder of taptracks.co. That's taptracks.co. So Chino, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, how's it going? Good to be here. Yeah, great. Um, well, firstly, let's try to describe better than I've just done uh, what you're doing uh, with Tap Tracks. Yeah, Tap Tracks is a rapid music discovery app. Imagine uh, Pandora kind of on steroids. So you type in a song and you get relevant, succinct song suggestions uh, in six second clips that you can like or pass. And the liked songs um, become fully streamable in your playlist, which are public. You know, what I'm learning from you already, Chino, is that <laughs> you've got a great tagline. It's like Pandora on steroids. Immediately, yeah, yeah. get it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think anyone else who's got, like, um, you know, their own product, they need to think of something, you know, comparing it to something well-known. Uh, uh, but, but you know, like you've done, Pandora on steroids. Uh, so uh, how did you, well, how did you get the idea? Yeah, so um, I was actually in the car in a radio experience with some friends. And, um, you know, when you're in the car and you switch stations from station to station, you usually listen to the songs for like two to five seconds and decide you don't like it and you switch stations. Um, and we all just wanted some new music. And then I plugged in my Pandora and five skips later, of course, um, I was out of skips and I figure everything else we, we consume is by sized, like 140 character news updates, um, split second date decisions with Tinder, um, five second snaps. Why not discover music this way? It is an absolutely awesome idea. I'm almost like in that car with you, like, and I, I almost the light bulbs come on. It must have been a great feeling to know that you've come across like a pretty awesome idea. Now, 99% of people would have thought that was a great idea, and then several years later, it would have come out from someone else, and uh, they would have done nothing about it. You did something about it. Talk us through then going from that idea to then making something that was uh, actually a product. Yeah, um, what what you said kind of something comes to mind. It's a quote, I'm probably butchering it, but you don't rise to the level of your hopes, you fall to the level of your training. And so uh, to contextualize, like I've published over 160 apps um, in my history with over 5 million users. I've never spent a dollar on ads or marketing. And so my kind of bread and butter is being able to grow apps and develop them. Um, so to what to the first point of the quote, I kind of fell to my history of making apps and being able to grow them. So I figured, why not make it, this into reality? Um, I, I know the steps. So I tried it out. Well, I'm actually writing that down. I love that. You don't rise to the level of your hopes. You reduce to the level of your training. And <laughs> that is just so awesome uh, because I can imagine, like, if you hadn't had the experience of all the apps that you've built and all the downloads that you've had, then the initial reaction, I'm sure people listening to this, uh, the Apps to Tribe have had this, is that you get really excited that you think, oh, my God, the whole world is going to want this right now. Uh, you 
perhaps um, blitz a credit card, you pay a developer maybe, and, and, and then you, you launch the thing and, and you realize, oh dear, this is not working out the way I thought. Uh, you've had wonderful experience. And uh, uh, do you feel like that's a common mistake that a lot of people make, though, that what I've just described? Yeah, well, I mean, half of it's um, just mental and half of it's uh, in practice. So the, the, the when you want to start something, there are there's there's like a, a level of novelty to your ideas that gets you really excited. And then you realize the reality of it is putting it into practice or make letting it come into fruition is, is harder than you thought. And usually some people quit. And if in the most case, or the case most of the time is that people quit before they even start. Um, or they think, oh, that's cool. And then they go about with their day. Yes. And uh, okay, so I just want to revisit then uh, something you said, uh, which is that you've built um, a lot of apps and what was it? Five million downloads. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> okay, that is that is a pretty impressive uh, uh, achievement. And I know that. Uh, t- to be fair, though, I, I've uh, also, I guess, I've released apps, and some have uh, reached the million. Um, but I didn't make any money from <laughs> the the ones on Google, especially. Uh, yeah, Google's tough. Well, I, yeah, so um, you know, of the five million downloads, have you been able to crack the? Um, I guess the the real secret, which is to source uh, some income that would then give you a lifestyle as an app developer, as an app entrepreneur. Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, for some more context, I've in the last two years I've been to um, almost thirty cities, um, seven countries or eight countries. So I traveled quite a bit, and the lifestyle of an app entrepreneur, I guess, is either really good um, or terrible. Like there's an extreme uh, power law of of the app store, right? You've got your your hits, and then you've got your long tail of uh, a graveyard of apps, so to speak. Just like the, anything else on the internet, you got your Facebooks, and then your your thousand other social networking sites that didn't work out. Yes. Um, okay. So you've traveled around what thirty odd cities? Where where are we speaking to you right now? I am currently in Montreal. Um, I came back. I was I came back from Quebec um, day and a half ago, and then I'll be in New York City. Um, on Sunday, and after that, LA. <laughs> it's just so awesome. So uh, you know, I, I've I was inspired all uh, quite a long time ago. Now it was um, episode ninety seven. It was my um, chat with Andreas Cabanis, and he was submitting his very successful app at the time, Caveman Feast, uh, from a bus in Colombia, <laughs> and he was trying to get an interconnection. Connection. That's so uh, funny. Yeah, so you must have some really similar stories where you're trying to do something, and yet there you are traveling around. Is it been a good lifestyle for you? Yeah, like um, I remember in school where um, you had a lot of work and you knew how to do it. Like for example, some math homework, and you'd look outside into a sunny day, and you wanted to like just focus on it and get it done, do it right the right way, so get a good grade and go outside. It's it's kind of the same thing. It's like I have work to do, um, so. But I'm in a new city, so I want to sit down in a coffee shop, focus on it, really nail it down, and then go and explore the city. It's kind of like that, that same recess kind of feeling where you know you can go play outside, but you got some stuff to do. And that's okay because um, you have to balance both, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So uh, anyone listening, right, the, the Absa Tribe, we, we love to learn about the different lifestyles from the entrepreneurs. So w- how on earth did you 
kind of get attracted to um, becoming like an app entrepreneur yourself and actually what traveling around uh, to all these different cities? How did that uh, come about? Yeah, so it's it's more, it's kind of a, I, I whittled down from being just a general entrepreneur. So uh, back when, uh, so I guess to, to rewind, my, my parents immigrated to, immigrated to the country from the Philippines when I was a kid. I'm a first generation American, so the pressure to like go to college was definitely there. But like my, me, myself, I've always been an entrepreneur in the sense that I've always mowed my neighbor's lawns, shoveled the driveways, trade Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon cards, whatever, when I was a kid. Um, and so that's always been, just been there because my parents never, like, I grew up middle class. They never had a lot to give me. Whenever I asked for something, they, they told me to go mow a lawn or something. So um, entrepreneur from the start. And then uh, it kind of, in, in terms of apps, like, that road was kind of really interesting. Um, I actually just ran into this news article, this Yahoo news article. The headline was, like, 18-year-old makes app empire uh, from, his, from his laptop or whatever. So I click on the article. And it's, now he's actually my longtime friend, co-founder, also roommate. Um, oh, so right. Okay, let me, get, yeah. let, let me just try, recap yeah. there. So you're, you're reading something, and it's about uh, an app, an app uh, entrepreneur who's only 18. You click on the article. Now he's a co-founder, a long-term friend. Yeah, How did yeah. you? This is this is great because this is all about my show. It's about networking. It's about reaching out. It's about helping, collaborating. And so, so how did you? How did you actually get to know him that well? Um, actually, it was very. It was really casual. It was. It went from article. You mowed his lawn. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so he, at the time, I was in, in my hometown of uh, Spokane, Washington, and he was in Princeton, New Jersey. And so the article, I clicked on it and read it and think and thought like, if this kid could do it, I could freaking do it. So I, well, I've always had ideas. Everyone always had ideas, and they're in, of course in like a, a word document back then. And um, so I reached out to him, tweeted him, and then got his email address, and we started just talking back and forth um, on email, and we added each other as friends on Facebook. And he was just casually giving me tips here and there. Um, we mostly connect over like traveling or food or whatever, but um, and then like six months to eight months later, when I published my first uh, app that actually made me money, um, I actually got up on my feet and started reinvesting that money back in the company and started publishing more apps that went well, and then I could finally move out of my parents' house. And I was looking for a roommate, and <laughs> I posted an ad on Craigslist, and there was just like a bunch of weirdos. So I'm like, well, who's gonna move? Because I wanted to move to Seattle, which is about four hours um, east of Spokane. So it's like the bigger city, Seattle, Washington, of course. Um, and I just, I didn't, I didn't know who else would be my roommate. I mean, all my friends who were in college, um, friends who had like kind of like entry level jobs couldn't like get these places that I wanted to, to live in. And so I just asked Spencer in a, in a Facebook message, do you want to move to Seattle? He said, sure. And That's just so awesome. Yeah. And well... It was great. It was great. But, like, the funny thing is, like, I'm missing a lot of parts of the story. I kind of messed up because um, I was actually a um, – before I was an app developer, I wasn't just a student. I was a carpet cleaner. It's like So I actually got a job as a carpet cleaner. So cleaning up, like, pee and poop from, like, dirty carpet with machinery. Um, and then at night uh, – that was my day job. And at night, I work on apps. Um yeah, so it was, it was kind of an interesting journey. It's just really random, and um, it all kind of worked out with with a lot of curiosity and some 
Google searches. Ah, I I love this story. And it's why I do this podcast is to meet uh, people like you. Uh, You know, almost like there's a theme developing. My last episode, the guy sold his his first company at the age of 15. uh, And and, and there's a real theme uh, that there's something in you when you're young that you just know that this is the path to go down and um, like, you know, the establishments, the organizations, the corporations, they don't attract you. You just have this urge to be free and and do your own thing. Uh, but you, you have to be, I guess, very self-motivated. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say less motivated, more disciplined, right? Um, because, you know, freedom without discipline is pretty much useless. Um, but yeah, more, I'd say discipline is the main factor. Yeah, because when you have this lifestyle, you can almost wake up and do anything you want to in a way. And I've chosen to uh, have the discipline of getting a lot of episodes out of the podcast, your episode 476. Uh, But I'm guessing everyone listening to this needs to think of a discipline. Uh, uh, Okay, I want to jump back to the story because it is just so... uh, (laughs) So there you are. um, In summary, you're, you're, you're cleaning... Um, shit off the carpets and stuff like that. Exactly, that's it. And, yeah, uh, uh, and then you you move to Seattle. You've got Spencer, uh, your your friend there, who uh, had a, a really massive win at the age of eighteen with his app empire. Did you work then together uh, to start building uh, a lot of different apps? No, I started my own company. He had his own company, um, and we just we're just, we're just friends. Like it wasn't like a transactional thing. Like hey, I'll. If you help me with this, I'll do this. It was just really two guys who I think my my first or second email to him was like, "Hey Spencer, I got into the University of Washington, which is a school I wanted to get into. It's like number thirteenth in the world, right behind Princeton in terms of um, ranking. It's like U.S. News ranked all the colleges in the world, and it's uh, yeah number thirteen right under Princeton. So it's it's a public school, best school in the state of Washington, definitely. I I would say, um, and so I. I'm missing parts of this story. I'm jumping all around because it's just all coming back to me now. But so I actually went to college in high school with this program called Running Start. It lets you take uh, college classes in high school at the community college level. So I had college, I had college credit, um, and then when I got into the the University of Washington, I actually uh, I went to orientation and then dropped out the second day. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm not, I can't make this shit up. So I, I went to orientation and like, um, and was like, this is, I'm not happy. I, I will not be happy here. Um, I want to continue working on my apps. I have college credit under my belt. My worst case scenario is I spend another year or two at home and then go back to college right on track anyway. So really I, I kind of like moved my chess pieces in a way that I didn't really have any risk. Like, like my I of course I was 18. Um, I had some college credit under my belt. I had some money saved up. Um, and then I wanted to do this apps thing, but <laughs> it was that, that, it wow. all over the place. <laughs> right, okay. So, so the, you then decide to focus uh, solely on apps and I'm guessing this is your biggest creative spell. And uh, did, I mean, like me, did you just start uh, creating apps that you thought would do well? Um, or, you know, did you have a process in place to, to actually create the, your apps? Oh, I wanted to. I wanted to conquer the world. I want. Okay, so my first app was a. I didn't conquer the world. I mean, uh, not conquer the world. Conquer a world. So the, the world of like, uh, sneakers and stuff. Like I was really into Jordans, like in high school and stuff. So, 
there was a lot of instances where I'd meet a seller for Jordans and, and they'd try to sell me fake shoes. So I, my first app ever, and, I, and this is the like the only app file I'll have and keep forever. It's called it was called Nomo Fakes. It was a fake product catalog for fake Gucci bags, fake Ray Bans, fake Jordan shoes or whatever. And it lets you it it help you indicate whether or not the item you buy is fake or not or is, is fake or not. Um, I thought it changed the world, but it it, it made like two dollars a day. Um. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I've got a lot of my apps have the word fake in there as well. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, you, you're actually, the first way you monetized the app was what, just a, was it a paid app or did you do it through a, a sort of advertising? It was a paid app and I made it free to get more traffic, but then it didn't get more traffic. So, yeah. Okay, so this is great, actually. Just to take stock, then, uh, because I think a lot of people have the same problem. They have that they're, they're attracted to the app store through uh, PR press. You know, these reports that you've read, like eighteen-year-old makes uh, an app empire. You make your first app, you put it on the app store, go through weeks and weeks of negotiation with Apple because it's been rejected for whatever reason. You get it on there, and then nothing happens and that's uh, i reckon there's millions of uh, people who are disappointed with their first app but but what kept you going honestly i think that's that's part of the story we need to zoom in on most it's because it's because my accolades they're, they're great but it's it's not the important part the, the important part was the journey like i had a moment where i was in the shower like crying like on my like sitting down in the shower crying like pathetic because my, because to contextualize, I I quit school. I guess in air quotes here, quit school. Like I, I was on Facebook. And I'm, see, I'm seeing all my friends make new friends. Um, I didn't feel like I was progressing, and my app didn't do anything. And then, actually, my first twenty or thirty, maybe forty, I'll have to check. My first twenty to forty apps got rejected, and like so, they're all failures. Did did nothing, um, and so I had like this moment of like. I don't know, it would, it would be like a quarter-life crisis, like a pre-quarter-life crisis, where <laughs> right. I, I was I was just, I was I was miserable. And, um, but I, I figured, okay, well, hey, I, if I can stick this out a little longer, maybe something like will hit off. And eventually they did. It's so like, do you know that game Candy Crush Saga? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't make that. I'd be like on a yacht right now. But like, I made the first uh, guide to that in the App Store, and that did really well because I figured that people had to pay to um, to keep playing the game, right? If they couldn't get past the level, so I figured, why not make a cheat guide to just show you how to, you know, save money and beat the game and excel in the levels, and that got up to the top two hundred in the store, and that let me kind of reinvest in, in other projects as well that um, that did moderately really well. Yeah, I mean, Candy Crush actually, I'm sure, was successful primarily because of Facebook. They were advertising all over the place, and and their viral uh, inbuilt mechanisms were uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. But uh, you you managed to write a guide. I'm guessing it was a paid app. I, I almost like get the feeling that the first forty odd apps were training for this one idea, and uh, for for your Candy Crush guide, and and that ultimately then gave you the success you needed. To, to validate all those hard decisions you took and re rejection and, and it made it all worth it. It did. It did. It was, I remember exactly where I was like, so I go to my gym every day and work out of course. And I was at, I was 
playing basketball on the, the gym basketball court. My and Spencer texts me saying, "Hey, congratulations on uh, one of your, some of your apps that got to the top charts." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like, because I didn't even check these. Like, I thought they'd be rejected, like the first you know forty of them, and and I checked, and then on my phone I'd go to the U.S. store and I see my app on the charts, and I I almost it was like a it was like you know the heavens were singing the the good music comes on in your head and it's just it felt good it felt like that moment and um the pursuit of happiness at the end where will smith has hands in his air and, and like his hands in the yeah. air and he's clapping he's about to cry like that stuff it was like that but less dramatic but it was it was good yeah, we're almost like uh, any movie producers listening to this. We're getting the story here. You know, there you were in the shower, uh, or, you know, on your hands and knees crying. And and then it goes to the moment of the uh, where you first hit the, the top chart. So I hope you're enjoying this episode with Chino Lex. Let me just take a moment to thank my sponsors. This The first sponsor is TopTal. TopTal are the world's best when it comes to great developers and great designers. I've actually spoken with quite a few uh, entrepreneurs who have had experiences of working with bad developers in the past. In fact, on some of these episodes, we've had entrepreneurs crying because of their experience with developers. I don't want that to happen to you. That's why I'm supporting TopTal. TopTal makes it very easy for you to find the best developers best designers within their network. Uh, they have this very rigorous screening process and it rejects around 97% of uh, developers. And I've seen this in action. You know, I've seen actually a, a lot of people I've referred to seem to have uh, been unable to pass their rigorous uh, screening process. It's tough. It's really tough. But of course, uh, there are still concerns with people who have worked with other portals and uh, it's, it is a case of taking a leap of faith but TopTal is a different solution. So if you've got any concerns with working about TopTal, what they do is they offer a two-week trial. And what that means is that if for some reason the developer or designer that you're hooked up with is not gelling with the team, if they're not uh, the type of developer you were looking for, uh, then they pay the developer. TopTal pay the developer for you and then you are introduced to someone else and and that uh, covers you for two weeks so you can really determine within that time frame whether it's going to be a great experience or whether you need a de developer with a slightly different skill set but I'm highly confident that they can deliver for you and I know that that the reason why they offer this is that they are highly confident that they can deliver you the best developer that best designer for your project go to toptal.com forward slash Paul that's toptal.com forward slash Paul get that two-week trial and thank you very much to TopTal for supporting the show. And this episode is also sponsored by Brand Bucket. Now, I have to tell you that if you're starting your own business or you're starting a new product that's part of your business, you'll want to go and get a brand for it, won't you? Of course, that's obvious. Uh, I know how hard it can be. You can spend hours, days, months looking for the right .com. I mean, I bet you are listening to this now and you have gone through and spent hours looking for the right.com. Then you have to get the right name, the right logo, all that stuff. What if you pick the wrong one? You might have to start over again. I've chatted with entrepreneurs that have had to go through this process many times. It can be a real pain, a real distraction. And that is at the worst time because you have the enthusiasm for the new project and you should actually be focused on the new product, the new app, whatever it is you're doing, rather than 
uh, being distracted like I have in the past with the name, the logo and stuff like that. Uh, so that's why this company really helps out. It's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy brandbucket.com forward slash app guy they have a bucket full of brands i guess that's where they got their name from right uh, the idea is that you go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy and then you could just go through the names scroll through them it's almost like you're kind of searching for the right t-shirt or the right pair of shoes you're just searching for a company name when you find the right.com uh, it's already been vetted there it's a good name uh, and it's there for you they can actually sell you the name as part of a package. You get the logo and you get the company design. So when you find it, the right name, you'll get the right.com, a .com that's already been vetted, a .com that's a good name and that's actually available and it's there for you. And they'll actually sell it to you. And if you want to have that as part of your package, you get the logo, the designs all thrown in with the name. Uh, it's gonna be great. Let me have a look at uh, some of the names they have now. I've typed in uh, app and you get these terrific names. Uh, it's Appsy, AppHanger, AppCrawl, Appemo, Appma, Apple. loads of stuff here. Uh, and actually the logos are really cool as well. It's definitely going to give you some creative ideas on how to put a name together. Uh, so that's brandbucket.com forward slash AppGuy. Go and have a search through some of the names, type in app and uh, see some of the cool names coming out. Thanks very much to Brandbucket for supporting the show. Hey, let's get back into the episode now with Chino Lex. Okay, so you've you've built the uh, the Candy Crush guide. It's given you a, a big boost. Uh, I'd love to know then, carrying on the story, what happened uh, after you you had that big sort of win. Yeah, so I just I knew it was um, it was like just a start. So I figured out kind of what how to post the apps and how to position yourself in the app stores to get those traffic. And I made a, like valuable products for those niches in the app store. For example, quiz guides game guides, quiz apps, um, di like reference apps, different apps that I knew niches need to be filled for. And then that training, going back to training, prepared me for tap tracks um, now because obviously the music space is highly competitive. Um, I'm not naive to that. And of course the app space is ever, ever growing. Um, so you, that training helped me kind of put together a foundation to build the product on top of and as well as grow the actual traffic in parallel. So that training was very important. Um, it's um, prepared me for what I'm going to do now um, as well as prepared me for, it gave me the tools to actually um, say I'm confident, I'm confident and competent enough to make something like this. It's so inspirational. I'm pretty sure now, like me included, that uh, for anyone who's been plugging away and finding the app store just like so hard to, uh, you know, have any success, uh, it took you 30, 40 apps until you had this hit. But uh, so anyone else who's going through, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people who have only got to 20, 30 apps, not even that, and have stopped and quit and says it doesn't work. Uh, so it just shows you've got to keep moving forward. You keep doing it, plugging away, and eventually you'll get something. Uh, so, so Chino, then, um, let's talk about uh, what you've learned to then market tap tracks. And, and uh, are there any things that you would say could help us with what you've learned in terms of how to get downloads and how to get up to the tops of the app store charts? Yeah, well, I guess some things that you shouldn't do, like I think what some people do is they – they put, so, for example, if, if I was making like a 
an Instagram competitor, they'll they'll include Instagram in their keyword in their keywords because they think that the traffic from Instagram searches will be relevant to their photo app, and that's a bad idea because obviously, I'm not sure if this is obvious, but Apple doesn't. Apple is smart; they know that you're not Instagram, so they won't show you the search results. Um, so yeah, something you shouldn't do. I'll start off with. I'll, I can start off with that. Is is don't include like relevant brand names in your keywords or your, or your app store descriptions um, or title because it's it'll actually hurt you in terms of searchability and discovery. Um, that's one of them. Um, in terms of like creative, worry about your creatives last. Um, I've seen lots of apps with ugly icons and ugly screenshots like go up to the top charts and that's pretty much just because they have like good positioning on the app store in terms of search results and how you get that is similar to SEO but it's a little different obviously ASO is kind of a new field um, but it's more it's art and science and there are tools out there like uh, Sensor Tower or I think you mentioned one of your sponsors is Gummy Cube but really it's it's more so an art because um, there are way there are words and phrases that you can use in your key, in your meta, in your uh, metadata that are not um, necessarily competitive, but they are popular in terms of search search um, volume. It's great, and also I get you know what we've learned from this uh, podcast series, Chino, is to have the the problem first of all. You know, completely try to focus on solving a problem rather than emulating a, an app that's already successful and putting a different angle on it. So your problem you're overcoming is the difficulty in uh, finding new songs, uh, relying on uh, Pandora and, and Apple Music curation. But uh, so were, were there some big technical hurdles that you had to overcome uh, to to get tap tracks on the App Store? Um I guess not that many, but like to your first point, in terms of the problem we solve and how we're different, I would say is we're rapid music discovery. So you can classically music has been discovered uh, three ways. So you got Shazam, Pandora, and uh, the Big Dog, the radio, and all those solutions are, are what's called passive. So you run into the song, you ideal Shazam, or you run into the song your station on Pandora or the radio, and you kind of put in your playlist on Spotify, but with us, you're finding um, tens, possibly hundreds of songs in a short amount of time as opposed to um, running to the songs one by one on any other medium. So um, for us, the problem we solve is I'm just willing to bet there are people out there who are actively looking for music and who wouldn't want to just discover it by way of chance or uh, serendipity. In fact, yeah, I'm pretty sure that... Uh we've had some past guests who are very relevant to you uh there's the founder of clamor uh, i would i would love you to maybe have on your next project uh, a way of uh, podcast discovery so getting little clips of podcasts maybe in some kind of uh, playlist and uh, and then realizing uh, the ones you actually want to listen to that would be pretty cool uh, and um Oh, it's just so so much to learn from you china i feel like we could uh, go on for some time are there, are there any uh I guess before we close and before we say goodbye to you, uh, are there any uh, things that you know that we should be asking you? <laughs> you know the audience. Uh, what um, what what have we missed uh, to tap into your knowledge? Is there anything we should have um, you know got, gone across to to get the most out of you? Yeah, um, definitely. Just look at the app store like the rest of the internet, right? Like people say, 
don't make apps because it's too competitive. Well, there are, what, 2 million apps? How many websites are there? So there might be a billion websites and then 2 million apps. Which, which landscape do you want to compete in? The one that's growing, mobile, <clears throat> or the one that's having less and less users go to every day, like desktop, web. So it's really, like, contextually, the app store is a good platform in terms of, like, um, digital experiences um, and uh, value. But in terms of what I can offer, I actually consult for startups as well for growth because there are funnel dynamics to this uh, in terms of growth. So there you got the top line, which is ASO, getting discovered in the App Store, and activation, signups, all that good stuff, and retention and invites. But um, yeah, I help companies too with um, growth for apps just because it's my, my jungle. Um, and the funny thing is that people try to invest time and effort into external um external channels for, for growth. So for example, they say, oh yeah, we have influencers um, who with a total reach of a million followers who are going to shout us out on Vine. And then an influencer who has a blog of 20,000 followers or whatever it is. But the thing is, is that, and there's there's data on this, you can check my facts, that 65% of apps get discovered on the app store. It's not going to be on a newspaper, a billboard, or Vine, or Snapchat, or whatever, because there's just too much friction from that channel of promotion to the download of the app to the download of the app. Um, so really, what you need to be focusing on is your ASO. That's very very important, as well as um, getting your your users to each step of that funnel to get them to be an actual user of your app. To so you can solve the problem for them. So there's really nuance to the area of app growth, um, but it's it's not as hard as as everybody thinks it is. Yeah, in fact, uh, from my own experience, you know, I've managed to get uh, apps onto the top of the number one in the category. Or uh, I was working uh, with the guy I mentioned earlier uh, to get uh, a number two app, uh, uh, just getting pipped to the number one post. But what I've learned is that uh, the the app store does command most of the downloads, and yet actually I've uh, spent a lot of this podcast on the other. Uh, ways of getting downloads and you're absolutely right that's one of the most valuable things i've learned 65 percent of apps roughly are discovered on the app store itself and that's the that's the where to really focus the attention um thanks for mentioning my sponsor as well gummy cube i'm sure they'll be happy dave bell there so uh, <laughs> uh chino this has been a terrific chat I, i've really really honestly it's been so so great going through your story um People will want to, uh, I guess, maybe hit you up for consulting on startups. And how best can people reach out and connect with you? Yes, yeah, so I'm at I'm on all the socials. I'm at at it's chinolex c i t s c h i n o l e x. Or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn at chinolex. Or my website is chinolex.com. Pretty simple. Chinolex.com. Great. And of course, there'll be uh, show notes on episode 476 of The App Guy. Chino, what a great, great, great episode. Love it. And uh, all the best with, of course, taptracks.co. Uh, I'm going to be using it. Uh, and uh, I will um, uh, yeah, wish you all the best and uh, look forward to uh, the, the next 40-odd apps that maybe come out from your, your company. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot.